Hello everyone and welcome to the live webcast today. My name is Winslow E. Dixon. I'm a holistic health practitioner, founder of the Adrenal Alternatives Foundation and also a chronic illness sufferer. And today I'm just going to do a series, the first episode of the triune approach to wellness. And this approach to wellness is a holistic approach. It is managing the mind, body and spirit. And so as a holistic health practitioner and someone who struggled with health myself, I have created a program that keeps me alive and also I want to help other people with it. Um, my education is through the University of Natural Health where I studied holistic health and nutrition. So I have had to put a lot of pieces together in my own life. I also have Addison's disease, endometriosis and medullary sponge kidney. So. I have been on both sides of the stethoscope, so I am here um, just to help with my program of the triune approach to wellness. So today's episode is going to be on the body and why physical self-care is the first step to achieving quality of life. So the first step is understanding your basic needs. And I can't stress the importance enough of just basic things. And you think it's simple little things like eating and sleeping don't really matter. But when you have an underlying health condition, or even if you don't, those things are what builds your health. And a lot of my research comes from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which you can look up and Google. I wish there was a way to pull up a chart. But when you study Abraham Maslow's theory, he has this triangle. And the triangle holds in it specific things that are part of the human experience. Um, success, love, and at the bottom of this pyramid are basic needs. And his theory is that in order to have a full quality of life, in order to have things at the top of the tier, which are love, marriage, career, success, finances, you have to have the basic needs first, which are food, shelter, comfort, safety. Basic needs have to come first. And in this busy current world, I think sometimes we try to look at the big things before we're looking at the small things. So today's episode is going to be on basically how to find these little things and how to find synergy in your body first. Um, throughout this year, we're going to talk about how to find synergy in all the areas and how they can work together. But today we're going to focus on the body. So the first step towards the triune approach to wellness is understanding your basic needs. Today, we're gonna to talk about assessing your health, your body, and what you specifically need for your lifestyle. Um, like I said, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he stresses how important it is to have those basic needs first. It's impossible to have a quality of life if your basic physiological needs are not met. The first step is finding those things and assessing your life. So I'm gonna have a couple of questions that you can answer. Um, first of all, how much are you sleeping? Is it restful sleep? Do you struggle to fall asleep? Or are you waking up in the middle of the night? Are you having total issues sleeping? You need to really assess how you're sleeping. Um, also, how is your diet? Are you eating healthy, nutritious foods? Are you eating conscious choices? Or are you just getting the fast food at work? Are you preparing your meals? What is your diet like? What's your environment? Are you in a safe, comfortable place? Are you around people that support you? And also, how is your health? Do you have symptoms of chronic illness? Are you struggling with fatigue? So these are basic questions 
that you need to ask yourself. So I want you to just take a minute to just think about these things. Are you sleeping? Are you eating? What's your environment? What's your stress level? These are the basic needs that Maslow talks about that we have to get a handle on. So once you have kind of an idea of those questions, here are some ideas on how to improve your physical health. First of all, I want you to remember that self-care is absolutely not selfish. It is essential to how you are. You cannot lift anyone else up with broken wings. So if you need to sleep, if you need to eat, if you need to assess your stress level, please don't feel like that's a selfish choice. That is not a selfish choice. That's self-care. And that's totally different. So let's tackle the first issue, sleep. So you're not sleeping well. You're not getting enough sleep. You're not feeling like you're getting a restful night's sleep. Let's, let's set some rules to help you do that. Set a bedtime and stick to it. I know that, that that sounds easier said than done, especially those of you that have children or, you know, work a crazy schedule. But really, as much as you can, try to set that for yourself. Lay down at, you know, let's say you get off work at 6 p.m., you eat supper, whatever. Try to at least lay down by 9.30, 10.30 at the latest because your body runs on what's called a circadian rhythm which is all your bodies, chemicals and everything work together, melatonin, cortisol, all these things. And so once you get it to a point where it's used to, okay, I'm gonna lay down at 1030, your body's chemicals are gonna start to have that synergy and it's gonna help you create a pattern. As much as we humans hate it, we're very routine beings. We're called diurnal creatures, which means we go to sleep, but with the moon and we wake up with the sun. So that is very helpful. And I know some of you that work third shift and all that, you can't do that. But if you discipline yourself to lay down at the same time, your body does get used to a pattern. So proper rest is essential to function. So here's some natural ways you can induce sleep. So I know we all usually look at our phones and scroll at night before we go to sleep, but that's actually not the best thing for you. So a little trick that I do that, you know, it's difficult and it's annoying, but you plug your phone in, and then you lay down and you don't touch it until the morning. And it's very tempting because I know I like to scroll through Instagram and look at everybody's pictures and stuff, but it's a self-discipline thing. Plug your phone in on the other side of the room and lay down. Try to avoid technology at least an hour before bed, preferably two, but at least an hour. Also dimming the lights in your environment two to three hours before bed, that helps. Get something like a Himalayan salt lamp or even like a small lamp, just like I said, we're diurnal creatures. We go to sleep with the moon, we wake up with the sun. And so your body's very sensitive to light. So when you're dimming the lights in your environment before nightfall, it helps you produce that melatonin. So definitely, I, I love my Himalayan salt lamp. It has a nice glow. It also purifies the air. You can get, you know, essential oil diffusers that have a light or something. Just dim those lights before, two to three hours before bed. And it really helps get those get that melatonin going. Also, um, Taking a warm Epsom salt bath or drinking a warm tea can help your body relax. Like I said, we're very synergenic creatures. So we get used to patterns and routines. And when your body has a routine, okay, I'm going to take this warm bath. I'm going to drink this tea. It helps your body learn the patterns to relax. You really have to treat it as a, as a part of your job. It's okay. Resting is a part of who I am. Resting is a part of my existence, a part of my job. So those two things can help. Also, you can utilize natural sedatives. I mentioned melatonin. If you struggle to produce it, um, you can get a natural supplement. Don't do it without contacting your doctor or holistic practitioner, but that's something that you can purchase. Magnesium is a great thing to induce sleep. 
Um, I personally put magnesium oil in my bath before I go to sleep, and it's very helpful for relaxation. You can also use things like herbal teas. Chamomile tea is great for inducing relaxation. Drinking a glass of warm milk is an old remedy. Um, you know, you can do almond milk if you're lactose intolerant. And essential oils. I diffuse a lot of essential oils. Um, typically, my favorite one to induce relaxation is the old favorite, lavender. Um, you can also use chamomile or ganglang or any of those other essential oils. But um, those are some great natural sedatives. If you are still having trouble sleeping, you can talk to your doctor. Um, I know there are so many opinions on sleep aids and stuff like that, but the bottom line is you need to be resting. And so if you need temporary help with a medication to do that so your body can heal, there's no shame in that. Like I said, talk to your physician. You know, don't just go buy supplements on the internet that'll help you sleep. That's, that's not going to work. Research and try to do things the best that you can. But there's no shame if you need any help with that. I'm for, um, you know, I'm all for natural medicine, but I also believe that there is a place for medications as well. So talk to your physician if you're really struggling to sleep. And another natural tip for sleeping is sun exposure. Um, the research has shown that even 15 minutes of direct sun exposure can help your body regulate cortisol and melatonin. So when you have the sun exposure during the day, it helps your body realize, okay, I'm awake. I need to be awake. You know, the sun has been used for many, many centuries. You know, even people that have meditated and things like that, you know, Taoism and that sort of thing, they use it to awaken the senses. And also, you know, your body reacts to nature. It does. You know, that has a holistic practitioner. I've studied that. But having that 15 minutes or, you know, however amount of time in direct sunlight is going to help your body so that you can go to sleep easier. I have found that personally, if I'm in direct sunlight, I do sleep better. For whatever reason, I guess we were just made that way, you know, whatever you believe. But um, the 15 minutes of exposure definitely makes a difference for me. So that's on sleep. The next basic thing is nutrition. And I know everybody says, oh, McDonald's is terrible and drink your water. Okay, yeah, I get that. But sometimes it takes a little bit more than that. I'll give you an example for me. I have to take steroids for Addison's disease. And anybody who's ever been on steroids will tell you that you will gain weight even if you're just drinking water. So my approach to nutrition has been very much, I don't want you to think of nutrition as a way of, oh, you know, I'm going to be fat. I'm going to be skinny. No, nutrition is your body's first medicine. Nutrition is your body's first food. Nutrition is what you give your body. It's like a car. You're going to put crappy gas in your Mercedes or you're going to put decent gas in it. I mean, that sounds like a silly thing, but this is your body. This is your vehicle. And so you want to put in it the things that are going to help it run the most efficiently. That does not include ding-dongs and ho-hos and McDonald's food. And you want to give it vegetables, fruit, and meat, you know, whatever you believe. I know there's a lot of vegans and all that, but um, depending on your specific body, depending on your specific needs, you know, everybody's different. So I'm not going to sit here and say drink kale juice, even though I do that, you know, it different things work for different people. So I'm going to give you some tips just to try to assess your nutrition. So the first thing you can do is be aware of what you're putting in your body. Can you honestly say that you're reading labels? Can you honestly say that when you go to the grocery store, you're looking at what you're buying? What's in it? Are there GMOs in it? Is there citric acid in it? Is there preservatives in it? What are you putting in your body? Are you reading labels? Are you getting nutritious food? What are you eating? Like you really have to get an understanding of what you're putting in your body because you don't know, like, you know, I keep mentioning McDonald's, but you don't, I call it smush meat. You don't know exactly what's in their chicken nugget because 
there's no natural thing that's chicken nugget. You know, it's it's a smushy little sponge thing. So, you know, I'm not ragging on McDonald's, but I am. There are definitely different things you can do. Avoid GMOs, avoid saturated fats, avoid refined sugars, avoid MSG, avoid preservatives as much as you can. It's not, you know, it's not the easiest thing, but if you're struggling with your health or weight loss or anything, toxic exposure is the number one thing you need to look at. So for example, I mentioned citric acid. I have a kidney disease. So citric acid absolutely destroys me. And I don't exactly know why it's got to do with all these different chemicals and things. But with my kidney disease, I do not get near citric acid. It's in everything. It's a preservative. And it used to be made from lemons. Well, now it's commercially made from mold. And you can look this up. They make it from black mold. I avoid citric acid like the plague. My health, my kidney disease has improved since I've avoided this. So really know what's going in your body. Read every label. Another trick is to track your caloric intake. How much are you eating and when? A lot of, you know, a lot of our weight and a lot of our issues do not come from exactly what we're eating, but how much as well. So you really need to assess how much am I eating? When am I eating it? Because if you're not eating all day and all of a sudden ingesting 4,000 calories at the end of the day, that's going to mess your body up. It's going to mess your insulin production up. It's going to put you in insulin resistance and mess up your leptin levels. And you're going to really struggle, 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 struggle hard with that. If you have no caloric intake and all of a sudden all those calories are dumped into your body, it really is the best to track your caloric intake and when you're eating it. There are plenty of apps that are that can do that for you. Um, there's, you know, journals you can keep track of. Mine that I've published is available. There's also apps like MyFitnessPal that are free. You can definitely track it. So I do recommend that you track your caloric intake. And also prepare your food. If you are at work and you are starving and you are super hungry and all this stuff, you're going to grab whatever because you're hungry. And you should. they tell you never to go to the grocery store hungry. Well, it's true because you your hunger outrides your senses. And so like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you have to treat the base needs. Yeah, in your mind, you know, you shouldn't eat the donut, but if you're hungry and the donut's right there, you're gonna eat the donut. So preparation is truly the key to nutrition. Plan your meals. If you have to be out, say, okay, well, my job is here and there is a Wendy's over here so I can get a baked potato or a salad or something like that. Just plan ahead so that way you're not starving and you're not tempted by the coffee cake at the water cooler. Preparation is the key to nutrition. And also tracking how you feel after you eat. Certain people have certain diet triggers. For me, I don't do well with dairy. I don't think I'm lactose intolerant, but dairy is a histamine increaser with people that have autoimmune issues. So track how you feel after you eat. If you feel worse after you're eating something, that might be a clue that you need to eliminate that. There are many autoimmune protocols I put my clients on and things like that. Just track what you're eating and how you feel afterwards. Like I said, there are many platforms. My Fitness Pal, the journal that I've published is available. Really keep track. You know, even if you get your own notebook and just write stuff down, really track how you feel after you eat. And this is common sense, but I'm going to say it anyways because I'm just as bad at it. Drink water. Water is what you are made of. You are, I think they say 70% water. I don't even know the statistics. You'll have to look that up. But you are a large percentage of water. And so you need to be drinking water. Now, I'm not saying, you know, go and just be a fish, you know, be peeing every two seconds. But you really need to hydrate and make sure that your body has enough water. Symptoms of dehydration are dry eyes, dry skin, thirst, 
just may want, listen to your body and make sure that you're hydrating it as well as you can. Avoid sugary drinks and avoid caffeine if you're struggling with your quality of life. Caffeine is a stimulant. It's bad on the adrenals. It's bad on the cardiovascular system. So really the best thing you can do is give yourself water. Herbal teas are the next best thing. You know, if you have to have something that tastes like something, but really drinking sugar is probably the worst American habit that we have. And it's, it's so harmful to us. So if you can avoid the soda, avoid the sugary drinks, avoid the 7-Eleven slushies, that's pretty much your best bet. So that's as far as nutrition goes. So let's look at your stress levels, ways to improve your stress levels. No one lives a stress-free life, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some Zen fairy princess that has no stress. Everybody has stress. I know everybody does. And so I'm not trying to promote that, you know, if you eat a kale or do a yoga, you're going to be a Zen fairy. I'm sorry. That's not the way that it works. But there are ways that you can improve your stress levels. So first thing to do is assess what stresses you out. Is there anything at all that you can avoid? So let's talk about, you know, for example, a stressful situation at work. Let's say there's this coworker. Let's call her Jane. Jane undermines everything that you do. Jane has a bad attitude. Jane is always saying snippy comments. Jane talks about you behind your back. And you just hate going into work because you got to deal with Jane. Now, can you just go quit your job? Probably not. But let's assess things and see if you can find an improvement. Talk to your supervisor. Talk to Jane directly. What's your problem? You know, I'm all for, um, I'm not going to say confrontation, but I think there are so many issues that we could avoid if we were direct with people. If we went to the source of things instead of saying, hey, you know, we're taking excuses, we could go directly to the source and try to fix things. So I am just going to promote that. Try to go to the source of something and fix it. And there are going to be some situations that you can't fix. That's that line I call acceptance and action. And I think that's something that we all have to decide in our life. You know, do I accept this or do I act on it? So assessing that is something you can do to evaluate your stress levels. So in the situations that you can't change, like for example, with me, I have a chronic illness. I have Addison's disease and medullary sponge kidney. And um, I had endometriosis to the point where I had to have a hysterectomy at 25. Was that the thing that I wanted? No. Did I wish I could change that? Yes, but I had to go and accept that. And so there is this mantra that I follow that is called hocus focus, and it's the magic of perspective. When you look at all the things that are wrong in your life, you're going to go insane. If you sit here and you think about all the negativity and all the wrong things and everything you wish that would have been, you lose your focus. And I think that's so harmful because you can't focus on the negativity because it will drag you down. If, I mean, I, they call it, I'm from the South. And so they call it shooting on yourself. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have, you know, changed things. But the truth is, is that we're at the point in our life. That's where we are. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. We are where we are. We have the life we have. We have the situations that we have and some things we will never be able to change. So hocus focus is the magic of perspective. I'm not saying you can ignore all your problems, but I'm saying you have to be an adult about it and you have to say, okay, does it suck that I have a chronic illness? Yes, it does. But I'm going to turn this negative into a positive. And so for the example with somebody at work, so Jane is your coworker that you absolutely hate. Jane undermines you, whatever. You know what you can do? You can be the best person that you can be, do your job, 
work with your customers, you know, do your craft, whatever it is that you do in your job, do it to the best of your abilities. And don't worry about Jane. Jane's, Jane's got her own problems and Jane's probably such a miserable person. She's jealous of you and that's why she's running you down. That's just how people are. Some people, unfortunately. So hocus focus is the magic of perspective. Don't think about the bad stuff. Focus on the good stuff. Focus on what you can change. You are in control of you. You might not be in control of all your circumstances, but you are in control. And when you empower yourself to sit here and say, I'm not going to let the stress get to me. I am not going to let it run me over. I am an overcomer. I am, you know, whatever your name is. Give yourself affirmations. Focus, focus. I am whatever my name is, and I am not going to be defined by stress, disease, illness, finances. I am defined by who I am and how I treat people. That's the only criteria you should judge yourself and others by is how they treat people. So at the end of the day, if you can lay your head on your pillow and say that you have tried your best, that's all you can do. Because some people can't do that. There are some really horrible people that lay their head down on their pillow and they are just horrible people. But you're not like that. So you can hold your head up high and say, focus, focus. I'm going to focus on the right things. So that's my little tip on stress. Uh, other tips are, you know, common sense. Um. The biggest thing that helped me was doing at least one thing every day that you enjoy, because we get so bound in our lives with difficult things. And, you know, they're, you know, elderly parents that are aging and you hate to see that. And there's stresses at work and then maybe your kids are sick or there's always going to be something in life that stresses you out. And so you have to do one thing every day that you enjoy one thing. And it can be a little thing. I'll give you a hint with me, and this is embarrassing, but I think SpongeBob SquarePants is the dumbest cartoon ever, but I like to watch it because it's just, you, I, I'm, I pride myself on being an intellectual, one of these brainy people. I always have my nose in a book. I'm, you know, a nerd. I'm working on my master's degree. Like I'm just a nerd, but I love to watch SpongeBob because it's so stupid and you can just kind of tune out and relax. And people say wasting, you know, that it's wasting time watching TV, but sometimes you just need to laugh at something stupid. So take, give yourself, you know, permission to do one thing every day you enjoy. Watch a stupid cartoon, take a hot bath, take a walk, you know, sing a happy song, you know, go cuddle with your partner or something like that. Do one thing every day that you enjoy and make a point of it. Make, make yourself do something every single day that you enjoy. That's really something that can help you with stress. You'd be surprised how much little things just bring you back to life. You know, like I, like I said at the beginning, this is mind, body, spirit. They're all connected. And so, you know, if you're drinking the kale and making yourself exercise, but you're not happy, what's the point of extending your life if you're freaking miserable? Enjoy your life. It doesn't have to be all rigid and crazy. Enjoy your life. Do one thing every day that you enjoy. Also, avoid negative people as much as you can. I know that there are sometimes you can't get away from these people, but if there's somebody that's tearing you down, you don't deserve that. And don't tear yourself down either. Let me just add that in there. You are your first friend. You are the place you can, your mind is somewhere you can never escape from. So you need to make sure your inner voice is a good one. So if you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, oh, she's so fat. Oh, she's too skinny. Oh, she's this. Oh, she's that. What good does that do? You have to be your own friend. I The best advice somebody gave me was 
I, I, like I said, have struggled with weight majorly since I've been put on steroids. I was 87 pounds before I was diagnosed and now I am not 87 pounds and I'll just leave it at that. But, um, I was saying, you know, I was looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I look like a pumpkin with toothpicks in it. And I'm just so fat and ugly and nobody's ever going to love me and all this stuff. And they went, if you talk to somebody else like that, I would slap you. Why are you letting yourself talk to yourself like that? And I went, I would never in this world say to another person the things I say to myself. So why are you doing that? Why are you letting the nastiest voice in this world be your own? That's terrible. Self-love, self-care is essential to living your best life and avoiding stress. Don't stress yourself out. There's enough crappy people that are going to, you know, be mean to you and say crap about you. There's enough people like that. Don't do it to yourself. Be your own friend. You can be your own friend. You can. It's okay to think you're pretty, even though you're chunky. It's okay to think you're attractive, even though you might feel like you're too skinny. It's okay to think you're still worth something, even though you can't run marathons anymore. You can't. You know, nobody has the life that they want to live. Nobody, nobody has that. Nobody has the perfect existence. So my point is just self-care. Do one thing you enjoy. Talk to yourself nicely. Get away from the negative people. You want to celebrate the little things and you want to prevent total burnout. Because once you get to total burnout, it's going to take so much to bring you back to reality. I've been there. I've been there to, to the point where I was, you know, and I don't want to trigger anybody with this, but... I've been there to the point where you just think, is it worth it? Is it worth it to wake up another day? I have been in so much pain and been so sick that I did not even want to live another day. But I don't want you to get there. I don't want you to get so stressed out. And I don't want you to get where you just are that miserable. I want you to have moments that make you hold on. I want you to have moments that make you want to fight through the bad days for the good ones. Because the good ones are so worth it. And that's what you have to tell yourself on those bad days when you're in so much pain, you can't even think straight. Or when the things go wrong in your life or when, you know, you have all these stresses, you need to have those things in your heart and in your mind that make you go, you know what, this is temporary. I'm going to have a good day again. And that is the hocus focus that keeps, I think, a lot of people going. So that is on stress. So let's talk about the next point, your environment, ways to improve your environment. We all know things that stress us out. We all know things aren't perfect, but... Clutter is super stressful. I don't care who you are. If you go into, you know, a, a room or, or, you know, your office or anything like that and it's cluttered, it's going to stress you out mentally. And I'm not saying I'm not one of these mega organized people. I will admit it. I have to work at it. But when you organize and when you keep things in the same place and when you have a simple system, it helps you. You're not so overwhelmed. You're not finding 10,000 different things at 10,000 different points. You, when you have organization, it, it can be like a simple thing. Like if you lose your keys all the time, get you one of those little key rings, set it next to your bed. Ta-da. If you lose your purse, get you a hook beside your door. That way, when you walk in, you can set your purse there. Little organizational keys to help you. Get a calendar, get a system, get an accountability buddy. What's an accountability buddy? That's somebody that you can talk to. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe if you don't have anyone, write yourself little notes. Just get some accountability that helps you stay organized. You know, declutter your home. Don't impulse buy. You know, try to, to simplify, really. And it sounds, you know, simple and crazy. But really, when, when we're in this culture of, you know, all the stuff that we need and, you know, we have all these decorations and all this clothes and, you know, all these pairs of shoes, I mean, really, you can... 
simplify your life by asking things like, do I need this? How much money would we save if we asked, do I need this before we bought anything? I'm the world's worst. I love shoes. I have, I, in my previous years, I had tons of shoes. But when we ask ourselves, you know, pertinent questions like, do I need this? If the answer is no, let it go. Especially when you're cleaning out things. You know, I know some of us are sentimental and that's okay. It's okay to keep things. But don't get lost in the materialism. Don't get lost in the keeping up with the Joneses. Don't get lost in having to have the nicest car, the nicest bag, or, you know, the latest Kate Spade or the Jimmy Choos or, you know, whatever. Just essentials are important. They really are. And when you simplify your life to where you're not having to have all these things and you're, you know, you're organized and just make your life as easy as possible. You want to eliminate things that are going to be stressful. And so if you have all these excess things that you don't need, that's adding stress to your life. So simplify, get a system, simplify. An accountability buddy is a great thing. Also, you can add calming elements to your environment. I mentioned Himalayan salt lamps, essential oil diffusers, all kinds of stuff like that. Those are things that I use that I really, really enjoy. I especially like the essential oil diffusers. I like coming in and having the different scents and it's just, you get used to it. And the, like I said, the Himalayan salt lamps are great for the evening because they kind of give a dim light and they also clean the air. So, you know, and even other things like pictures of your loved ones can provide a lot of comfort. You know, you look over and you see grandma's picture and she might not be here on the earth anymore, but you still think about it and you treasure her memory. You know, artwork that you've done, artwork that your kids have done, crafts or, you know, whatever. Fill your home with things that you enjoy and that comfort you. You know, if there's art that you like, if there's, you know, certain types of things like lamps or sculptures or whatever, make your homes a place that's comfortable, a place that you're going to enjoy. Because like I said, the point is not to endure life, it is to enjoy life. So make your home, your environment, whatever, as enjoyable as possible. Um, also keep the temperature comfortable. And this sounds really stupid, but um, one reason that I got as ill as I did with my illness is because I live in Florida and I live in a place that didn't have air conditioning. And I have what's called a salt wasting disease. So my body doesn't um, hold on to electrolytes very well. And I got very, very sick because I wasn't in a temperature controlled environment. And people can look at you and act like you're a baby or, you know, a brat or something just because you need air conditioning. But the truth is, is that like nobody likes to be hot and nobody likes to be cold. So you need to make sure that the temperature in your home is comfortable, you know, if at all possible, get fans, get heaters, whatever, you know, it sounds like common sense, but it's something I clearly missed. So I'm just going to mention that. So um, also ways to improve things are just keep your home yours. And I know that sounds crazy if you live with other people, which I do, but you have to have a mentality of your own space and your own serenity. And even if you share with other people, you still have to have a sense of, you know, calm and a sense of identity. And so even if you live in like a college dorm or something like that, you can put up little things and have little things that comfort you. When I was in college, I had this little like stuffed turtle that I kept on my bunk and, um, you know, I had, I had great roommates, but um, it was just a little bit of home. It's my little turtle. So even if you live with other people, make sure that you keep your own, your own space and have your own identity. I know, you know, in the college dorm or, you know, if you're, if you live with family, that can be irritating, but just try your best 
to have your own space and, and make sure you have a place where you can relax and rewind and have serenity. So our next point is ways to improve physical health, which is, you know, like I said, this sounds like common sense, but it's some of it that we get so busy, we don't even think about. You know, I mentioned eating healthy before, you know, drinking enough water, staying as active as possible. I know that there are some of us that have chronic illnesses that can't necessarily go out and go to the gym and go and work out. But there are things um, that I like to call healing movements that you can still keep your body active because the saying is true. If you don't move it, you lose it. And I massively found that out when I had my seizure and I was bedridden for six months. It took me um, almost a year in physical therapy to be able to walk again, to be able to put pants on again, to be able to hold a spoon. So um, I'm not sitting here saying that you have to go and, and exercise and run marathons, but you definitely need to keep your body doing healing movements, even if you can't. There are great options that are low impact exercises. I highly, highly, highly recommend diaphragmatic breathing. And if you're not familiar with that, email me, you know, we can talk about it. But basically it's strengthening your core. You can do it laying down. You can do it standing up. It's, it's very good um, exercise that keeps your core, your muscles going and it's very low impact. Um, like I said, physical therapy is an option. Um, there are also things you can do at home. You can look up programs such as Sit to Be Fit, which is, um, it's a program designed for the elderly. It's very low impact and it's great for people who struggle with chronic illness or mobility issues. Um, there is a program called TTAP, which is also low impact. It was um, designed by um, Teresa Tapp, who just recently passed away, but um, she has a great program that's low impact. Um, there are many, pro many, many programs that are just excellent for that. Um, you can get them online. You can YouTube them, you know, look them up. You can also go to your local library. A lot of times they have free DVDs that you can look up. Um, you know, everybody recommends yoga and, you know, all that stuff, whatever you're comfortable in. You just want to make sure that you're doing movements. You just want to make sure that you're keeping your body going. And like I said, I know that there's some mobility issues and, you know, not all of you have the strength to exercise, but healing movements, even walking a short distance can really help you with your physical health. Just staying active as much as possible. I'm not sitting here telling you you have to run marathons because not everybody's able to do that, but just moving your body, you know, diaphragmatic breathing, even laying down can be beneficial. So um, other little common sense tips are sleeping at least eight hours, drinking water, avoiding negativity. This includes other people and your inner voice um, and situations. Also getting proper medical care and having a good doctor that you can trust. This can be a needle in a haystack, especially for those of us that have rare chronic illnesses or multiple illnesses. Um, let me just encourage you that it's a needle in a haystack sometimes, but it's possible. And once you do find a good doctor that's willing to follow your care and really work with you, it's an awesome, awesome experience. And so don't give up and try to, you know, find a network that's going to help you find those doctors. You know, if you have a specific disease or a specific illness or, you know, a disability, you can go online and talk to people that have your same illness and try to find a doctor that's going to help you. You know, I'm not saying that it's easy. Like I said, needle in a haystack, especially with rare illnesses, but it's possible. So find a good doctor um, and also taking your medications and supplements as needed. Like I said before, I am a holistic health practitioner. I am all for natural things. I am all for, you know, the, the herbal route. I'm all for supplements and all that. But sometimes it takes pharmaceuticals. Sometimes it takes 
you know, both, I think it takes both modern and holistic medicine to really have the best life possible. So be sure you're taking your medications and supplements as your healthcare team suggests. Um, like I said, don't go Dr. Google and don't just, you know, oh, this supplement helps this. And, you know, because just because it's natural doesn't mean it's not going to have side effects. You know, it's, it's like anything else you put in your body. Some people are allergic to even water. So you have to be really careful and be conscious about what's going in your body. That includes medications, that um, includes different supplements. Like you have to really know what's going on. So take your medications as needed and have a good doctor. And so please just remember that self-care is not selfish. Like I said, you can't lift anyone else up with broken wings. Taking care of yourself is just beyond essential to your own quality of life. And I'm not saying be selfish. I'm not saying become a queen bee or, you know, a dominant alpha, whatever. You have to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. So you can be the best person that you can be. Joyce Myers has a quote that says, the best gift you can give the world is a healthy you. Well, that's true. Because if you think about it, if you're run down, if you're not mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, where you want to be, where you need to be, you're not going to be able to be at 100%. And so if somebody needs you, you can't be 100% for them because you're not even 100% for yourself. So let me just drill that into you that self-care is not selfish. And if somebody tells you that it is, they're one of the negative people that you don't really need to be around. So I hope that these tips have helped you. Again, this has been the triune approach to wellness with me, Winslow E. Dixon. Um, I will be doing a four-part series. This was on the body. The next one is going to be on the mind. Um, I have it scheduled for next week. So you can tune into this if you would like to join the broadcast. Um, let me answer some of these questions that came up. What is your opinion on the ideal time of required sleep? So with my training and my licensures, um, there are many different opinions on how many hours of sleep. The standard is minimum eight hours. So, but that being said, everyone has a different circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm is what controls your body. Circadian rhythm is your own body's internal clock. So basically in your brain, you have your pituitary gland and it has all these chemicals and all that. And I won't bore you with that, but it has a time that works for you. That's why some people are morning people and some people are evening people. Standard is eight hours. Some people require 12 to function. Some people can run on four. Basically, I just want to give the advice to listen to your own body. With me, I feel the best when I get six hours of sleep. That sounds weird. But if I get eight, I'm a little droopy. And if I get four, I'm just not functional. So I feel the best at six. I was always, um, when I worked, um, I worked as a, a nursing home worker. And um, I was a resident care director. And I worked 7A to 7P. So I was always a morning person. I'm just built that way. Um, so I'm typically one of these that lays down at 10, gets up at 6. That's kind of how you know, I feel, but you have to look at your own life and your own body because everybody's different. Everybody has a different circadian rhythm. And so you might feel the best with 12 hours of sleep. Let me just encourage you that that's not lazy. That's just who you are. Some people do best with um, intermittent sleep patterns. They can, you know, go to sleep at midnight, wake up at six, and then they nap again at two or something. Everybody has a different circadian rhythm. And I think we're designed that way because, I mean, think about how many jobs that have to go on in the world. Some people have to work third shift and some people have to work you know, different hours. And so I think we're 
think we're all just made where we're meant to do different things. So you just have to know your own body. But standard procedure is minimum eight hours. So um, I don't see any other questions. So let me just recap. Um, basically, you have to have your basic needs first before you can ever, ever, ever get to financial stability, successful career, all that stuff. You have to have your basic needs. So make sure you're eating well, make sure you're sleeping enough, make sure that you're having the least stressful life possible. Make sure that you're actually doing things that you enjoy because what's the point of extending your life if you're freaking miserable, you know? And I, I say that bluntly, but it's, it's, I think it's something that we, we all miss so much is that we're here to enjoy life. We're here to enjoy our experience as humans. We're here to, you know, experience other people and, you know, all these, think about how much is in the world, you know, we're meant to enjoy it, not endure it. So I just want to encourage you that taking care of yourself is not selfish and it's okay. It's okay to, to do these things for your health. So again, my name is Winslow Dixon. You can contact me at my website, winslowedixon.wordpress.com. And this is my Zubia channel. So I thank everyone for tuning in. Wishing you all hope, healing, and happiness. Thank you.